Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. A huge Happy New Year as we enter 2022. And I'm excited that you're still listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, you can do a couple of things. First, if you're an Apple user or you use Spotify, you can rate and review the podcast there to get us in front of more people. Also, you can use the support links in the show notes to purchase products, get a discount for yourself, generate some income for the show, or you can join the Patreon. And there's some cool stuff coming with the Patreon I will be announcing very soon. I know I've said it before, but this time it's really happening. So I'm just excited for all that's to come in this year. Thank you so much for being a part of this adventure. And on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy. And this one took some work, people. Like, I've had some tech issues of, of late, you know, in various areas. And this one, I'm not even kidding. Today's guest and I... We have literally been working for 24 hours to get this one to you. So I am just excited to finally be talking to Chris Murphy. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I am glad that you're here, man. So let's let's not risk fate or wait any longer. Let's just get into it. Tell us, man, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Sure. Yeah, fingers crossed. Let's go. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I've been dealing with... Um, uh, overweight, um, be, being overweight almost my entire life. Um, as a as a young kid, I've I've had to uh, exercise a lot, stay active. Anything that I eat, you know, carbs, um, uh, ice cream, pizza. I got to work extra hard to to keep it off or lose it, and uh, it's affected me uh, emotionally, mentally for uh, almost forty years now. I've been dealing with it, and. Um, and I, and I think I'm starting to get it figured out, and uh, I, I hope to be able to help somebody, um, you know, in any way that I can uh, through my journey. And uh, yeah, so I, I think I'm pretty qualified. <laughs> Definitely, man. So let's dive into that journey and and go back, like you said, when you were younger. If if you weren't active, the weight started coming, started piling on. Like, what was it like for you growing up? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was the, the firstborn, and so I was pretty spoiled by my, my grandparents and aunts and uncles, and, and so, you know, I never really established, like, a healthy relationship with food. Um, we'd go on, like, cruise ships and vacations and things, and, and you know, all-you-can-eat buffets, and, and I'd come back 10, 15, 20 pounds heavier sometimes, and and uh, never, never really learned, you know, what to eat, what not to eat, what's good for my body, what's not good for my body. And, uh, and that just kind of carried through up until, um, you know, middle school, I started exercising more and being more body conscious and self-aware, you know, doing my hair, trying to look nice, you know, but I still just kind of dealt with that, you know, those love handles and those, those areas that were just not, uh, you know, pleasing to me. And, uh, you know, and I became very self-conscious, um, to the point where I wouldn't take my shirt off at the pool, uh, things like that, you know, and so. Um, through middle school, started playing football and hockey, uh, and then up into high school, started playing golf and, and just, I, I've just always had to stay active, work a lot of jobs, be on my feet. Um, I remember through high school, I was, I was working two jobs. Um, I'd have to get up and, and run in the morning. Uh, after school, I would, I would go for like a six mile bike ride. I would run three miles in the morning, six mile bike ride after school. And then another run at night and then try to work. And I was just always, always busy trying to stay healthy, stay fit. And 
and you know just staying active because if i sat down and you know tried to play video games or um tried to relax you know it was, it was hard to get motivated and of course um you know just the, the food just my relationship with food was just so um just non-existent it was it was just a bad toxic relationship with any kind of food i'm drinking mountain dew and eating snickers for breakfast while trying to work out because i know that those things give me the energy that i needed but i but i didn't realize i was crashing and i had to work extra hard to get that off and you know it was just it was just a cluster of just bad habits and bad um you know me just learning from all my mistakes over the years and just trying to figure out what to do next um ultimately leading to you know, me getting bariatric, bariatric surgery. Yeah, so let's talk about, you know, being active in school and you, you did that, you know, to try to help and were, you were conscious of your weight. When do you feel like the weight really started to pile on? You know, it didn't really start hitting me until probably I got married. Um, so when I was like 22, I think it really started hitting um you know any guys out there that, that get married and ladies you know you 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 uh you get the happy fat you know what i mean you, you, you go out to eat a lot um you know you're, you're chilling at home eating ice cream uh you just want to hang out with your you know your wife or your girlfriend or your fiance or whatever it is you know and and so it wasn't until like i, I feel like i was in pretty decent shape all through high school um i was i was at like 215 but i was lifting a lot exercising a lot i could run right there's nothing i couldn't do i was i've always been into like extreme sports and things like that so i was i was healthy i guess healthy ish you know but still um dealing with the mental aspect of things and and my relationship with food um so yeah it wasn't until like i was 20 so after high school i think is when i really started gaining the gaining the weight up until i was about 30 up until i was actually my 30th birthday uh, was kind of a game changer for me. So what happened uh, your 30th birthday? Take us into that. Yeah, so, um, you know, you look in the mirror sometimes and you're okay with what you see. You know, if it, maybe you don't have a floor length mirror, you know, and so you're looking from the chest up and you're like, yeah, you know, I got shoulders, neck, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm okay looking. But um, it was there was this, this full length photo of me with my mom at my 30th birthday party and I just, I remember seeing it and just being like, holy cow, am I really that big? And at this time, I I was only maybe three, I think I was like 350-something, 354-ish. Um, I'm, I'm a drummer, too, and so I stay pretty active, and I've toured um, at, at, this time, at, at this time of my life. Um, I was uh, doing a lot of um, gigging, you know, just playing drums at various shows and, and you know, getting sweaty, working up a sweat, but it was like all upper body type stuff. And so didn't realize, you know, how much I let my gut go and, and you know, a lot of other things. And so um, I saw that picture and I was just like, man, I, I got to do something. At this time I had three kids and I said, man, I, I got to stick around. I got to be here for these kids and uh, I got to, I got to start making some changes. So what did you do then? Um, you know, I got involved in a, um, like an MLM, I don't know if I should say which, but <laughs> um, right. started taking you, like, right? some supplements, and yep. it gave me a lot of. Yeah, you know, I, okay, yeah, I mean, I started doing it works, um, and I would take uh, multiple supplements from them and their greens, mixing it in all of my drinks, 
and um and i felt great but um and i lost a bunch of weight too and i was able to do like a tough mutter um or not a tough mutter a um uh warrior dash i did a warrior dash and it was fantastic i loved it um that was something that was a goal for me and so i remember i lost 80 my goal was to lose 80 pounds before the warrior dash and i had i had exceeded that and lost 85 the day of uh the warrior dash so i was feeling really good man i was pumped and uh went out killed the warrior dash felt great i wanted to do it a second time yeah like i was just uh but we had to leave <laughs> we were the last team the last heat and so we had to we had to go they wouldn't let us do it a second time but i i, man, I had so much energy i was feeling great and um and then I, I wound up losing uh, 136 pounds. So I got back down to 225, which is kind of where I left high school at. And so I was feeling really, really good. And then uh, started started ballooning up again. And uh, just, you know, this roller coaster of losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight. And, uh, and it's usually, uh, unfortunately, dictated by my emotions. Um, at, at this time, it was my uh relationship with food again and then battling with uh depression and um and and the loss of a loved one and so i sank really really low the lowest i've ever been and what do you think like take us into you know if you can man like because i i think sometimes like people tend to think that like weight loss journeys are about losing the weight and then just moving on and you know, uh, most of us who have really been through it know, like you said, it's a roller coaster. You know, there are going to be times where we're successful, times where we're not. And we have to really kind of identify the things that are help, you know, that are working against us, you know, or things, ways we're coping with things or anything along those lines. So what do you, what was it like for you to, to see, you know, what was it like going through the weight coming back on? Were you conscious of it? You know, what was that like? Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, I saw it happening, but I was at the point where just like um, I was letting my, con my my emotions control me and um, and I just didn't care. It was just this um, loss of self-care. Uh, like I wouldn't even cut my, my hair. I grew a really long beard. I love your beard, by the way. Um, rocking the beard. I, I, I did that for a while, but for me, it was just like a, it was like a it was like a protest against my body, you know, like I, I just, I didn't care about taking care of myself anymore. I didn't, I didn't really, you know, and I would shrug it off as like, you know, oh, this is me and this is, you know, who I am now. And, but it was, it was more of like a, uh, like camouflage for my, my emotions and my feelings. And, you know, this is, and so, um, you know, and so obviously and I, I quit taking the supplements. Um, I got divorced, lost my house, uh, my kids for a while, uh, custody battles, and, and then so trying to navigate all of these kind of negative things, it just, it, yeah, I mean, taking care of your body is a 24-7 job, even when you're sleeping. I mean, it needs to be the right kind of sleep, and, and that's why I had to wear a CPAP, you know, um, for the past year, I've had to wear a CPAP to sleep because I didn't realize, you know, it, it literally is a 24-7 job. And if, and if you're not taking care of your body while you're awake or while you're asleep, you're not getting the rest that your body needs. I mean, it affects your 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 memory. It affects the way you digest food. Uh, my entire body was just hurting all day long. I slept in a, a recliner 
for almost three years. Uh, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't lay down flat in a bed. Um, and I just got to that point, like recently, within the past two, three months, I'm actually able to sleep with my wife now in a bed. And uh, you, you gotta, you gotta take care of your body. It, it's, it's the only one you got. You know, <laughs> uh, you, you gotta, you gotta. It's a twenty-four-seven job, and uh, the roller coaster ride is hard um, because you you want to get off you don't know where to get off you don't know what's going to work and you know and it's all a matter of perspective too you, you don't know you know i've tried these supplements before i've tried this before you know and those are those are great tools but if you're not willing to put in the work for the long haul you know for the next you know 60 70 80 years of your life then then you know just don't don't half butt it you know like you gotta you gotta do it all the way or nothing well, and I think you hit on something that's really important, and that's, you know, people will often think that someone who is significantly overweight, you know, or has weight coming on, is not con are, are not conscious of it, and, I, you know, like you're saying, like you know that it's happening, but there's other things going on that are taking precedence, and you're not able to give your health that focus, you're not able to give your body that focus, you know, during that time, and I. I relate completely to that that idea that you're in that place and yeah you're in pain and yeah you're sleeping in a recliner but it, it you're not in a place of being able to care enough about yourself you know be able to care enough about making that change and finding what's going to work and it's a it's not a fun place to live but when you're when you're living in that place in a lot of ways like you're using food as a drug and not caring you know like able to Get through getting through the day sometimes involves you know just having to push some of those things that should be in the focus you know out of focus because you're dealing with so many you know all the, the the laundry list of things that you put there that you were dealing with like that makes complete sense to me man and you you like you said you put weight back on and you you went well past 350. yeah yeah i i gained back everything that i had lost the first time and another Hundred plus pounds. Um, so I, I got up to um, the the last or the the, the most. Um, how do I say? This? So like I my wife and I we, we feel like I was probably more than four hundred and sixty four pounds um, before I had, I had gone to the doctor and made the decision to uh, get bariatric bariatric surgery and, um, and and see the doctor about it. Uh, I had gotten sick, and I know I'd lost my appetite, and I'd, I'd lost some weight. So, I, if we had to guess, I'd say I was pushing, I was pushing five pretty easy, um, and uh, probably like in the four eighty range. And um, so then I went to the doctor's, weighted at, at four sixty four, knowing that I had, I'd probably just lost some weight, and uh, and that number just kind of blew my mind. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in the right place, and I'm, I'm finally. Doing something about it after five, five almost six years of living through some of the hardest years of my life, uh, depression and um, and even suicidal thoughts at times. Uh, it got really dark, really dark, uh, and so uh, I had to had to do something different because uh, what I was doing just wasn't cutting it anymore. And what what do you think? Because I, I think there's two questions that come up for me. Like one, obviously, is going to be, you know, the question that I ask anyone that comes on, you know, when they find the tool that's going to work for them, you know, what 
what brought you to bariatric surgery as an option. But also, I think before that, like what what brought you to the place that you said that not just that you needed to do something, but you actually felt like you could do something? Yeah. Um, honestly, um, simply, I, I guess, desperation. Um, I got really, really sick and uh, almost to the point of where I, I really felt like I was going to die. And, um, and, and I think we all know desperate times call for desperate action. And so um, I, I feel like I'd used all the tools that I could uh, that, that life had thrown at me. Um, I know how to exercise. It was just a matter of like not just not doing it. The, the motivation wasn't there. My back was screaming every day. Um, I, had, I had taken a, a fall down some stairs and really messed my back up. And, um, and I was just in a lot of pain. And I, I just knew that the weight needed to go. And I didn't want to take supplements. I need a, a real fix. I need a real tool that, that is more successful than not. And for me, bariatric surgery, the, the sleeve um, just seemed like the most reliable resource that I could use um, to save my life. And, uh, and it has. <laughs> it did. It worked. Um, and, uh, but, 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 the, but the work's not over. You know, I'm still doing it every single day, and this is a, a completely new life. And I've said to my wife so many times, like, you know, it's not just a new stomach. I mean, this is like, I've had to relearn how to like walk. Uh, you know, like I've had to like my body's shifting, like my balance is different. Like literally, like you know, walking through a doorway. You know, I would have to grab onto the sides of the doorway, you know, to get through the doorway or turn sideways or something. And now I can just breeze right through it, and it, it's weird. Uh, it's just so different, um, you know, sleeping, sleeping in a bed. Um, you know, like I'm, I feel like I've been reborn <laughs> in a sense. Uh, I, I've, I've had to learn, relearn everything that, uh, that I've been doing my, for, you know, for the past 38 years. I mean, physics is a real thing. You know, physics is a science. And really, when, when your body is as big as you were, you, you get used to motion being, you know, movement and having to lean and, and just even ambulate, you know, walking, you know, takes on a certain stance and, you know, all how you move through the world, you know, takes on a certain framework and then to make change because so you, you, you had the sleeve surgery. When did you have the surgery? I had that last July, uh, July 21st of 21. Right. So we're not so even, a, we're eight, not even a year out. What's that? No. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're, we're not even a year out yet. Yeah. So it, I think it, there's a lot of head catching up that has to happen. And so tell people. So where, you know, since July, you know, how much weight have you lost as of today? As of today, uh, I've lost two hundred and thirty-one pounds. Which. That, so are you, you're almost half the size you were at that, yeah, that, that if, heaviest if, weight you uh, saw? If, if I weigh in, yeah, if I weigh in tomorrow at 232, I'll literally be half the man I used to be. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I've lost, so I lost 120 pounds um, before my surgery, though. Um, and so the other, yeah, the, the rest of it I've, I've lost since July, uh, which I, I think is still... Um, pretty big number, uh, comparatively, uh, 
I, I don't, I, I feel like I'm not doing it right some days and I get on the scale and I'm down a pound or two uh, almost every day. I'm, it seems like I'm down something. Um, and uh, I'm just, I'm really fortunate and blessed to have uh, had some real, some real success with this uh, surgery. And so what, when did you actually then, so when was that, I'm assuming after you saw the 464 was probably when that initial weight loss started. So when was that? Just to kind of, for us to get a full picture of the timeline. Sure, yeah. That's, um, so I think that was maybe a year, um, maybe 16 months before my surgery. Uh, my surgery process was only supposed to take about six months and it wound up taking about nine to 10. Um, there was a lot of miscommunication. There was a lot of um, insurance issues. There's a, there's a lot of different things, uh, the sleep center type issues, like things, things that I didn't know about. Um, I, I went through our, our local bariatric uh, center here in Lansing and, um, and I cannot uh, not recommend <laughs> their services enough. It was a very horrible experience. Um, and it was very long and drawn out and very unprofessional. And, uh, but I was, but I was committed. It was the only one in the area. And so I just had to, um, grin and bear it and just do it. And, um, so yeah, it was probably, probably 16 months is when, before my surgery is when I weighed in at this, that's that 464. And I don't, you know, I don't want to make you relive it all, but what are you? I think sometimes when people look at surgery, the same way that when they look at anyone who uses any way of, of losing weight, but, you know, they see it as a, as a clean, you know, streamlined process, you know, and I, I think more yeah. what you're saying is, you know, there were some unknown things and a lot of different factors that came into play. Like, what are the things that before you got into that process that you didn't know that you think someone who's thinking about surgery should should be thinking about or should know about? Yeah, so I, I thought going into the process that I'd get a lot of support from my doctor, um, but I actually didn't meet him until like the week before my surgery. Um, so that was one thing that really kind of boggled my mind. It was just uh, very shocking. Um, the other thing was like, you know, people, people that need this weight loss surgery or, or that are dealing with obesity, um, you know, they, they carry a lot of other baggage. It's not just the stomach or thighs or chest. You know what I mean? It's, 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 there's a lot of emotional baggage. And I feel like the clinic that I went through, um, I, I felt very fat shamed. Uh, I felt very, uh, I'd, I'd leave there just really ticked off and just could not believe that the, the way these people uh, were talking to me and treating me. And I was just kind of like a, just like cattle being moved through the system. And, um, and I'd come home some days, man, not gonna lie, um, I'm a crier, and I, I would come home some days just crying and just saying, "I, I don't want to do this. I'm done." And uh, <laughs> it was tough. I mean, it was really tough because I just felt like uh, I was on my own, you know, and trying to do it. And my wife was very supportive. My family, not so much. Of course, you, you get the, you know, the naysayers, family and friends. You know, and we, we see the memes and we see the, you know, all the the, the funny posts. TikToks and stuff, you know, of, of uh, you know, people saying, well, you know, you don't have to get bariatric surgery, you know, you could lose the weight on your own and 
and you shouldn't have done that, and you know, lots of shame behind it, and it's sad. I, I think I think bariatric surgery should be normalized, and um, I didn't I didn't do I, I mean it could it could be part of my fault. I guess I didn't do enough research or see a lot of those videos, so I didn't know what I was going into. So I went into it with very high expectations, thinking I was going to be supported uh, by doctors, nurses, office staff. Uh, thinking they're going to be pleasant and, and understand that I'm somebody that deals with a lot of emotional trauma and they didn't seem to care. And so um, after my surgery, I went to my um, two-week checkup and um, and I actually haven't talked to any of those um, people since. I've, I've been completely on my own and just doing all the research on my own and talking to uh Talking to people like you and talking to uh, my buddies, uh, Robs, the Robs that I, mm-hmm. that I talked to, I, some, a couple of guys from Instagram, um, my way to history and, and waiting in vain. And, uh, and I had them on group chat, um, like a group text, and we'd, we'd, I'd be asking them questions um, prior to and after my surgery, uh, mainly after my surgery. They really helped me with a lot of things. And so I've, I've had to establish that support and so that that's why to me it's very important that um that i that i kind of get my story out there because i i know this is not easy at all and to do it on your own is is just uh it's uh it, it's so much harder and uh, i hope nobody i know i hope nobody has to go through an experience like mine i hope nobody has gone through an experience like mine um like i told you when we were having the technical difficulties you know uh, Murphy's Law, man, you know, and so I, I joke and say that, you know, uh, that's me, <laughs> you know, I, 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 all, all the bad things, you know, sometimes kind of revolve around, uh, you know, my life, but um, yeah, I, I, I just, I want to be able to help people uh, in any way that I can with their process. What do you, because I'm sorry that you had to go through that, and, and I think, you know, anyone listening is is going to feel that as well like knowing that you know you went in with with a sense of this is supposed to be something that is you know going to offer support but also you know be assistive in the change and having to go through that more on your own you know what do you think are the things what kept you going when it was hard like that man like what really you know kept you going through that process and and through what's come after like what do you think it is that allows you to kind of face some of that disappointment and some of that, you know, those emotional experiences and still say, I'm got, like you said, working on yourself is a 24 seven job. Like what keeps you in that fight? Yeah. So, um, like I said, my, my wife, uh, she has been a rock <laughs> to me. Um, she's, she's been there through the whole journey and, uh, just holding my hand rubbing my back, cutting my toenails, helping me put my socks on, um, making my food. Um, you know, she saw the importance of um, what, the, what this meant to me and, and why I had to do this. And so I'm not going to lie. I'm not going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to sit here and act like I'm some tough macho guy. I, I was a mess. And, uh, and she helped me with that. I mean... I was uh, still fighting depression and still battling um, 
you know, very negative thoughts and just wanted to quit every single day, every step of the way. It was, it was a battle. Um, I, I honestly don't know, man, other than my wife being here for me to support me and, um, and having, you know, having seven children that I love dearly and I would do anything for them. Uh, I guess the reality of like that anything needs to be me living a, a lot longer. And so I, I got to do this. Um, so my family was my biggest motivation. And this was, you know, during, you know, when COVID was at its, at its peak. I mean, this is this one, like I couldn't see my family for almost two years. I couldn't see friends. I couldn't, we couldn't go to church. We couldn't, I couldn't play the drums. I couldn't do anything that, that I was used to doing or that I wanted to do. You know, we could barely leave our houses and go to the store, you know? So this was during like one of the darkest times to date for society, you know, uh, for, for, um, you know, for us. And so I, I honestly, I honestly, just the grace of God and my wife and my kids are, I think what has pulled me through. Um, yeah. Determination came from, from somewhere. I, I, I mean, it's hard to, t it's hard to say exactly where it was, but I know where I got the support from. And so I did it. I'm doing it <laughs> and and uh, it's still it's still it's still a battle but yeah. it's easier but i think that that's a big part of of every person who has gone through a significant weight loss journey and faces challenges because literally regardless of of how a person does it there's no one out there who has an easy road you know to making that kind of change you know like to oh, yeah. to literally changing their life and i always talk about that that sense of purpose and that why behind what you're doing has to be strong enough to get you through those times. You know, that not, to, you know, like talking about your family, talking about your responsibilities to them and, you know, and seeing that as, as a reason to fight, I think is really powerful because it's that force that, like you said, keeps you going on the days that you want to quit. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's not something because I, I think that's the other, you know, the other, the other question, you know, the other thing for us to talk about, like is knowing what you've talked about in terms of your relationship with food and, and, and emotional, not just trauma, but depression and, and those, those pieces and having this, this powerful tool come into your life. Like you said, it's, it still takes a lot of work. Like it's still, you know, just because your body changes physically doesn't mean that, you know, how we use food, you know, emotional eating, those things that doesn't just disappear. You know, that's still something yeah. that you have to find your way through. And so what, what have been the biggest changes yeah. to your relationship with food, you know, during this process? Yeah. I mean, you know, this whole time I just, I thought it was, a and, and like I was, I was today years old when I, you know, when I figured this out, <laughs> you know, like, um, it, this, this journey that I've been on has, has had almost nothing to do with my body but my mind you know um i i just yeah you know i was fat i was obese i was almost dead because of my body but it was it was my mind that was really driving that force it was my mind that was um not able to um mentally take care of my body or or give me the you know like the tools are there but it's it's you know it's one thing to say like i'm going to get up and 
like you're thinking to yourself, like I'm going to get up and I'm going to go exercise, but then it's a completely another, it's a completely different thing to like actually get up and grab my kettlebell and just start swinging it, you know, and, and, and start doing it. Like, okay. So quick tech issue, which is Murphy's law, of course. Uh, but we're back. <laughs> I'm, I mean, back from the break, I'm here with Chris Murphy today and we're talking about his weight loss journey. Uh, Chris, so you, you're 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 you know talking about this this struggle to still fight for yourself and you know having those days where you don't want to get up and do it and your mind being so important and I think that that is the key for for every person there. So one of the things that you know I discovered your your Instagram page and and one of the things that I really appreciated was your willingness to to be open and and say you know this is things things aren't always smooth sailing you know like it's not just you know, ex ha you know, surgery happens and everything's perfect, and I'm living this amazing life because there's a, a lot of amazing things that are I'm sure are happening. You know, over the past 16 months, having almost lost half your body weight has some incredible has brought some incredible changes that I, I still want us to talk about. But I think you know we've been talking about what has had to change you know mentally in terms of that relationship with food, and so what do you think? What are some of the things that you feel like are still big struggles for you? And, and how do you work on that? Yeah, um, yeah pizza. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, my, my relationship with food is, is definitely not fixed. Um, just because I had 85% of my stomach cut out doesn't mean that I don't crave uh, chocolate and pizza and, you know, different things that uh, I know aren't good for me, ice cream. Um, so it's 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 a mindset that definitely has had to change with me, um, and I have to be able to accept like, all right, if I'm going to eat pizza, um, I'm going to get like maybe a meat lovers. Uh, sorry to all the vegetarians out there, but uh, you know something with with more protein, you know, to kind of balance the scales a bit, um, and maybe like a thin crust, so I'm not taking in as much bread. Or sometimes I do like the the Atkins type thing, you know, where I just eat the, the meat and cheese off the top of it. Um, but just making making choices to again think something and then physically do it, um, you know, to to take a, a slice of pizza and I got to go over to the drawer and I got to get the pizza cutter out and I know it's a fresh hot pizza that was just delivered, but I'm gonna cut it in half or in thirds and i'm just gonna and you know and then cut that up into pieces and i'm just being mindful of my decisions and how they're going to affect me later um you know with with bariatric surgery if i were to overeat i i just i get really really sick and i think a lot of people do uh, but that's something that i've only experienced maybe two or three times and it's it's it physically hurts you know when you overeat um and so I have to be mindful, and we got this joke in my house with, with my my kids. They always remind me at almost every meal, Dad, don't don't take the last bite, don't do it, don't do it because you're gonna you're gonna hate it. You're gonna it's gonna it's not worth it. The pain that it's gonna cause, and 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 mentally too, it's like, why do I feel like I have to take that last bite? Why do I you know just because it's on my plate? So I'm trying to get better um, at throwing food away. I've, I've I've been to a, a lot of third world countries. I've done a lot of missionary work. Um, so I've been to Uganda. I stayed at an orphanage for, for a month in the, in the jungle in the middle of Uganda where um, you, you eat everything that you can. 
because you don't know if you're going to get your next meal or what it's going to look like. Um, I spent a lot of time in uh, really rundown parts of, of Mexico um, and South America and Central America. And um, so I, I've come back with like kind of a shelter or like a, like a culture shock at times, but it's affected me in the sense like I, I just I don't want to waste any food because I know that somewhere somebody wishes they could have that last bite or wishes they could have the food that I'm eating. And so for me, it's been a, a battle of the mind because um, because here in America, we're, we're, we're blessed to have the food. And if, if I throw away that, that crust or that last couple bites, um, you know, I just, I, I've, I've started to just kind of like pray for the kids that I used to hang out with in Uganda. You know, like, um, you know, I would just, I would just kind of pray to myself, like, you know, God, I hate wasting this food, but please bless, bless that, that orphanage and that ministry with, with more food. And, and, and I just kind of, I got to be at peace about it. Um, because it, it, it hurts me, you know, emotionally to throw food away. Um, and, and my attachment to food, you know, and so, you know, and I've even thought to myself, maybe I'm just using, you know, those, those sad, you know, the, the, the unfortunate, that sad story, the, those orphans, those orphans as a, as a crutch, this is why I need to eat the food. You know what I mean? And so, so it's, it's like these, these, these mind games where I've had to play with my, my, my mind and, and just get out of these mindsets and just be like, I'm, I'm doing me right now. And, uh, this is what's good for me. This is what's going to keep me alive for the next, you know, 60 years, God willing. Well, and I think that that's a big part of it. Like identifying that sometimes we use thoughts and feelings that are coming from a good place to, to enable behavior. And it's, it's the, the whole, it's, it's our whole culture, you know, in the United States of, you know, clean your plate because there are children starving somewhere else, you know, and that idea that somehow, well, and, and in a lot of ways, too, that makes us feel like we're doing something, you know, I think we see, we see, we, we see that so much on social media now with a lot of things going on in the world, not to get, you know, in, into politics or anything, but, you know, we, we signal on things because it makes us feel better, but is it real action? And I think this is a this is a practical application of that. Like the idea that, you know, yes, there there are people dealing like by with by me not throwing my crust away, I'm not filling somebody else's belly. Right, right, exactly. Like and by not throwing your crust away and not in or overeating or emotional eating, in the end, you're preventing yourself, you know, you're it's it's setting up a pattern of behavior that could prevent you from being able to help not only your own family but other people you know moving forward you know it's that idea of having to pull it into the big picture and see that you know there are times where we think we're you know we think we're making choices for the right reasons but in the end when we unpack it we discover there's other things going on and i think that's a part of that mindfulness you're talking about that willingness to ask those questions and be able to talk about you know, personal motivation and, and what is driving the choices that I'm making. Like that's something that you, you can't be taught that, you know, there's no surgery to fix our minds, you know, like that it's something that you have to learn through practical application. So exactly. what do you think, Chris, are so at this point on your journey, what do you think are the biggest lessons that you've learned? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still learning some big ones. Um, 
I think what we just talked about is, is one of the big ones that I've, that, I've, that I've had to learn and that I'm still learning. Um, trying to, just trying to take care of me. Um, it's, it's a tough one. I'm, I'm uh, a bit of a people pleaser. Um, I've always, um, my, my grandma used to say like, you know, a, a, a true gentleman is somebody that makes sure everybody else in the room is, is happier or, you know, is, it puts, puts themselves, you know, uh, waits, waits on other people or serves other people before themselves and, and make sure that everybody's happy before themselves. And, you know, I, I thank her for that, but at the same time, um, and, and I love my grandma and, and I take every single word that she says dearly. Um, and, uh, but, but now I, I've, I've seen the, the, I've seen how that's, that's affected my life because I've, I've, I've put so many other people first, um, in, in my, in my past marriage, in my current marriage, um, my kids, um, you know, uh, I, I try to put everybody else first and I need to take a big, deep, long look at myself and, and I, I'm, I'm only able to help if, if I really do care about other people that much, then I need to work on myself more so that I can be better for them. Um, so I need, I need to take care of me so that I can give all of me because I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm running on empty you know, most days, half the days, and, uh, and, and then I'm trying to get from that, and all I'm giving is um, my frustrations or my anger or my depression or, you know, I'm speaking from a place of hurt or, you know, emotions. Um, I need to truly be happy with myself so that I can help other people the right way. And uh, unfortunately, that was, that was a lesson that I wasn't taught as a kid, maybe if my grandma had worded, to, worded it to me like that, maybe, you know, things would be a little bit different, but um, that was something that I had to learn kind of the hard way, and I'm thankful for it, though, because uh, I know, I, you know, I, I haven't wasted the past four years of my life. I've just found different ways not to do things, um, to to kind of quote Thomas Edison on the, on the invention of the light bulb, you know, like, uh, just figured out all the ways to not do things and uh, and trying to be better. I think that lesson is really important. And, and to me, when I think about it, I always go back to, I feel like <laughs> there's that good intention of selflessness and that good intention of taking care of other people. But really the lesson is broader and a little more nuanced and is more like the, the emergency training that you get on an airplane. You know, when they talk about you know, if there's a change in cabin pressure, an oxygen mask will drop from above. And if you're traveling with someone who needs your assistance, make sure that your oxygen mask is on first. And to some people, they're like, well, you know, well, if I'm traveling with my child, I want to make sure that their oxygen mask is, is there. But the reality is, if you're in a situation that is going to require you to be able to take care of other people, your oxygen mask needs to be fully in place. You need to be, you need to still be breathing. So that it's not just that you got your child or the, the person you're traveling with to be able to breathe. But if you want to be able to be there to continue to help them, because you can do it once, get their mask on. That's great. And then you're left out. But realizing that sometimes taking that moment to take care of yourself allows you that opportunity to continue that care and give the care that you need to be able to give to other people. Like it's, it's something I went through on my journey where, you know, when I realized 
that a lot of, a lot of my purpose was about you know wanting to be able to be there for my family and be there for the people that took care of me and wanting to be able to give them care i needed to be able to, i needed to take care of myself in the first place because like you said there's only so much and when you're not taking care of your health you know especially when you're dealing with you know massive weight issues and things that are affecting your physical health if you're not taking care of yourself your time to be able to take care of other people is going to be way more limited than it is if you had actually just made yourself a priority on, on other levels and, and given yourself that care so that you could continue to give that care to other people. Exactly. Exactly. And, and having a, a family of nine and me being the, you know, the head of the family, um, I've got, I've got a lot of responsibility and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, I, and it's not something that I should be taking lightly. And I'm, um, Another lesson I'm learning is that you, know, you can't make up for lost time. You know, um, I just gotta I gotta hit the ground running every morning and just try to make today the best the best day I can um, and just be there for my kids because uh, they're going through their own stuff now. You know, my my oldest is almost 16 and he's he's going through some stuff and and I don't I, I know for a fact I I would not um, a couple of years ago I would not have been able to help him with the things that he's going through right now. Uh, if he was going through them, then I, I would have been completely worthless, and uh, and so yeah, that's another lesson that I'm learning is like I, I can't make up for that lost time, um, and and I just gotta push through and be the best that I can be today. No, I think that makes a lot of sense, man. And we only have today. You know, we we can't change what happened in the past, and we can't dictate what's coming in the future, but we can do our best to be ready for it. And the other thing I think that we go through, you know, on these journeys is realizing that in a lot of ways we're fighting for the future to be there. You know, we're, you know, there, are, you know, I don't want to get to get into like having people come at me because I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm now talking about saying that people of different sizes aren't healthy or anything along those lines. But the reality is when you're, when you're as heavy as you were, as you're as heavy as I was, the, the clock is ticking faster. You know, that, that you know, there, there, it isn't not everything, you know, and no one has tomorrow promised to them. But if it's important to you to be there for other people and to support other people, fighting for every chance you have to have another day is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think that was, you know, um, to, to go back to um, the start of my um, the, 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 the darkest part of my journey, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that my aunt had passed away or that, that a loved one had passed away. It was, all, it was my aunt. She was, she was 46 years old and she had a massive heart attack. And, um, and I thought for sure she was going to outlive all of us. I mean, she was the life of the party. She was, you know, just this amazing person, but, but our lives are not, um, you know, uh, guaranteed tomorrow. Um, and so, yeah, taking control of that. And, and, and so instead of, for me, instead of seeing that, um, that man, you know, she passed away at such a young age, I need to do something about my weight and I need to stay here longer. Instead, I went the other direction and said, well, if she can't make it, I guess there's no hope for me, you know, because she was, she was amazing, you know, and, and, uh, and she had so much to offer where I didn't feel like I had as much to offer. And so that's, you know, and so we, so we can look at we can look at life like that, um, 
and, and death, you know, where, where we can either learn something from it or, or let it, uh, let it control us, let it uh, beat us down or let us, um, you know, get afraid or, or scared to do things or try new things or, or take control of our lives, you know? And so for me, that was kind of a breaking point in a, in a good way, but uh, also in a, in a bad way. And so I'm, I am now learning, um, from, from her being 46 years old and, and passing at such a young age that, um, yeah, life is precious. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta take care of our bodies and take care of ourselves and, and, uh, yeah, you never know. One hundred percent, man. And so let's let's talk about, you know, we're we're talking about the lessons and the emotional side of it. Let let's talk about some of the things that have happened to you, you know, things that you can do now. And what are the what are the things that you're learning about yourself? You know, like you said, there was a time where you weren't putting a lot of value on yourself. Like, what are the things you're learning now that you can do that are the positives that are coming through all of this work that you're doing? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think just being here, being here for my kids is just so important. I mean, there's a lot of things I can do now, um, with them. You know, uh, I got a bike for Christmas. Uh, my wife surprised me with a bike and, uh, I said, now I can take bike rides with my kids. Um, I'm on my feet a lot more. I'm, I'm playing the drums a lot more. I'm doing a lot with the kids, but being here, um, for them emotionally and, and physically is I think key. Um, and something that I've, that I've learned that, you know, even, um, even on bad days, just being here for them helps. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question or not, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it does. And I think it starts to get into, you know, what life was like before and what life is like now, because clearly, at you know 464 pushing 480 somewhere in there physically life was different like you you went through a lot of that you know talking about what it was like trying to sleep and how you, what you can do now and all of those things like what i i think it's clear the picture you know even we we had that little bit of a discussion on you know the, the way the physics of the body changes and what you're able to actually do and you know the activity that you can participate in now like those are all kind of powerful amazing changes that happen when you go through this like what are what are the goals that you're focused on right now? Yeah, um, my my goals uh, currently are just to uh, you know I've, I've started doing some some kettlebell lifting and exercises. Um, I'm not a big fan of gyms, um, so I'm, I'm finding it hard to like get get into a gym. Um, I'm, so I'm just physically trying to be more active. So that's that's a goal that I have. Um, my next weight loss goal is, is 232, uh, so I can say that I'm half the man I used to be. And then my next weight loss goal after that is, is uh, to hit 199. Uh, I haven't seen 199 since I was like in middle school. And so I think with this tool that I have of, of the weight loss surgery, the bariatric surgery, I think, I think I might be able to hit that goal. Um, and so, and, and, and I guess the other goal that I have is, you know, just like being here emotionally for my family um, through a lot of things that we're going through um, as, a, as a country, as a, as, a, as a whole, as a society, um, but also as my kids are getting older, my wife is in nursing school, 
um, and she's working full time so I can be home with the kids and, and homeschooling them. And so um, my my goal every day is just to wake up and try to be better than yesterday. Uh, you know, I might have gotten upset or yelled at the kids or or, you know, I had a rough day and, and maybe I didn't make good eating, uh, you know, choices with, with my food yesterday. But um, my goal is just to take it one step at a time and just be better than yesterday. Uh, be there for my kids. Give my kids more hugs. Um, tell them I love them more. Uh, tell my wife I love her more and, and just be as supportive as I possibly can. Um, and then and then another goal that I'm working on is, you know, we're, my wife and I, are taking our two youngest on a little mini vacation uh, for, for, I don't know why I said it like that, vacation, vacation uh, <laughs> uh, for three days. Uh, we're just going to like a water park and I'm, I'm supposed to uh, put on a bathing suit and I'm not comfortable with that. So something that I'm struggling with right now is, is my body, um, my, my sagging arms and chest and stomach and, and, um, and so I'm, I'm trying to, you know, something that's been in my head my whole life is is that um that i that i've not been that i'm, that I'm worthless or that i'm you know like my body is is not good enough and, and i'm I've, i'm always reaching for something that i may never achieve um but i think it's definitely some sort of um maybe body dysmorphia or um just some sort of you know uh just mental uh you know just just I, I've got this overall feeling that uh, I, I don't, I'll never look good enough or I don't look good enough. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to try. Uh, I talked to Rob, um, my weight is history, Rob, the other day. And uh, he gave me some advice, you know, about taking like a wet shirt with me to the, to the, to the water park that we're going to and just have it, you know, just to have it there and, and put it on if I'm not feeling comfortable and take it off when I am feeling comfortable. And, uh, and I told him the other day, uh, I just, I didn't even buy one. I'm not even doing it. I'm just going to go and I'm going to take my shirt off and I'm just going to enjoy my family and enjoy myself. And um, I don't want to say I've earned it because I don't, I don't feel like I've, you know, earned anything or deserve anything. I'm, I'm blessed to, to have, you know, air in my lungs every single day. Um, but I think I should just be proud of my accomplishments. And, um, and if you don't like the way my body looks, well, then that's ultimately your problem. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't mean to be a jerk like that or, you know, say it like that. But it's like that's that's it's, it's really hard for me to even say that without even trying to be like I'm getting a little emotional just thinking about it because it's so hard for me. Um, so that's something that I'm working on is, is loving my body, loving myself. Um, my wife tells me, you know, you look amazing. You know, you should be proud of that. And, then, and I, you know, I say to her, well, you're, you're supposed to say that you're my wife, you know, but, but, but maybe she's onto something. Maybe she's right. And maybe I should trust her. I always have. And so, you know, if she says it, maybe it's real. And uh, maybe, maybe I have accomplished something, you know, a great, a great feat. And I should be proud of myself. And, and if that's what I'm, all, if that, if that's what I'm ultimately doing is working on myself and not caring, I don't want to say caring, but not being hindered by what other people might think, then this is something that I have to do and I have to overcome this fear. Um, a few years ago, I overcame a fear of, of snakes and spiders. I, I held a, an anaconda and, uh, and a couple of giant, giant snakes and I held the tarantula and I got over this fear and, and uh, getting over fears is um, something I don't mind doing. And, uh, but it, but it was hard, you know. It's stressful. It's, it, there's a lot of anxiety a part of it. But I think this is my next 
big hurdle is taking my shirt off. So um, I've been wearing just like a tank top, wife beater around the house. A couple times a day, I try to take my shirt off and walk around the house and, and uh, you know, like exposure therapy, just kind of, you know, getting myself used to it, getting, getting used to it, you know, getting used to my wife looking at me with my shirt off, my kids looking at me with my shirt off. Um, it's awkward. It's, it's funny. It's weird. It's different. It's, it's a ball of emotions, but uh, I've come this far and uh, I, I just don't want anything to stop me from having a good time with my family and, and, and just being myself, you know. Yeah. And, and I think that's it. Like, I, I think it is about facing fears. And like you were talking about with the with the snakes and spiders, you get over a lot of times we get over fears by proving to ourselves that the worst case scenario isn't going to happen. You know, like that, that I, you know, by doing it and realizing that it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be, you know, and that. Right. That's like I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't get bit. Uh, right. Didn't lay any eggs in my ears or, you know, like mm -hmm. yeah, I was fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like you said, too, and I think it comes to when it comes to bodies, especially, you know, when we've lost weight and we've worked so hard and we have that that self-consciousness and that body dysmorphia and those those challenges and fears about our bodies. You know, our a big fear is like, well, is everyone going to immediately, you know, is the entire water park going to stop what they're doing and, and gasp? Like the reality is. If anyone notices and has an issue that, that that's that person, you know, like you said, you can't change that person. You can't change what they're going to do. Your focus is on wanting to enjoy that time with your family. Your focus is wanting to be fully present. And I think sometimes when we focus on that being present place, we also then let some of that fear go away because that takes up too much space in the head. So when the focus is on, I'm going to be present and I'm going to be there for my family and I'm going to enjoy this time, you know, it, it ends up being a gift you're giving to yourself, you know, which is what a, a lot of this is about, you know, saying, okay, you know, if I held myself back, would I miss out on something that I'd want to experience with them? And what, and I know for me, I'm the kind of person that is always like runs the worst case scenario. And it used to be those worst case scenarios would hold me back. And now it's more of, okay, in that worst case scenario, you know, really what's the, you know, I'm, I'm not going to die. No one's going to be hurt. So, so someone sees my skin, someone sees this, let, they're going to survive. You know, I don't even have to help them survive it. You know, it's not my responsibility. You know, my responsibility is, is to be there and be present and enjoy that time. So I'm, I'm excited for you, man. I think that, that sounds really awesome. And I appreciate your candor talking about these things. Cause I think sometimes we don't always get to dive into that with people and don't always get to hear that, you know, just because we look supremely confident, it doesn't mean that we are, and that's okay. And those are those are the things that you know a lot of us will work, continue to work on for the rest of our lives. But it's that idea that you're mindful of it and that you are working on it. I think that matters the most in the end. So, Chris, I have really uh, you know enjoyed talking to you today, and I appreciate not only your persistence with the challenges that we had, but being willing to open up and share your story with with my audience here. If they want to follow along with your journey and see what's happening with you and, and reach out. Like, where do they find you, man? Yeah. Well, thank you for having me, man. Uh, this has been a pleasure and uh, an honor to, uh, to, to finally uh, be on here and, and get through all those technical difficulties and whatnot. Uh, it's definitely well worth it. Um, please, yeah, follow me on Instagram at um, Murph's Losing It um, in more ways than one. 
Uh, Murph's losing it. Um, family of seven, and we've got a, a Harry Potter themed house, and dogs and cats, and and homeschooling kids, and we're, we're a busy family, and uh, we've got a lot of uh, obstacles. And um, and if you want more, um, you can you can go to we actually have um, two YouTube channels. Murph Fam is uh, is just kind of our family stuff, all of our trips to the zoo and things like that, and then uh, Murph's losing it is also on uh, on YouTube, and so we do you know more of a 30 minute videos here and there uh, of just some things that we do. So like our trip to the the water park, I, I may be making a, a video for that uh, next week. So be looking be looking out for that, and and hopefully uh, within the next day or two, I'll be uh, half the man I used to be. So be looking out for that. I think that'll be really cool and just fun yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that now's the time to get on board and. And, and follow what Chris is doing so you can you can go through some of these milestones with him and these experiences. So, And he's willing to share them with yeah. all of us. So I just really appreciate that, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. And, and I end every episode with, with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Sure. Okay. So rapid fire. Here we go, man. Question number one. Tell us, Chris, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Uh, Chris Farley, hands down. There we go. Question number two, Chris. Can you tell us what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? Um, <laughs> one lesson that being a fat guy has taught me. Um, I don't know. Maybe like uh, not to not to judge a book by its cover. I like you know, it. Um, I, I I just have a, I have a lot of respect for people that are that are overweight and uh, and I think they need more um, understanding and love and and uh, yeah. That's a good one, man. Question number three, Chris. If someone out there listening wants to get started on their journey today, what is one concrete thing you would advise them to do? Make sure you're doing it for all the right reasons and the number one right, right reason should be for yourself. Definitely, I love that, man. And speaking of love, Chris, tell us, question number four, what is one thing about yourself that you love? Um, my, uh, my, my personality, I guess, and, and, and my smile. <laughs> there we go. That's weird to say, but. Hey. No, it's all good stuff, Two man. Definitely. Hey, there you go, no worries. <laughs> Question number five, Chris, last question for you today. Tell us, Chris, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Uh, I want to ride a roller coaster. Awesome. Like in the summer, I think I want to get on a, on a couple coasters. Nice. I like it. I think that's an awesome. That is a, is a goal I can get behind for sure. Heck yeah. So, Chris, one more time, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I will put all of Chris's contact information in the show notes. So y'all can find him and get on board with with watching what's coming up next for him. You can, as always, find me as well at Gourmet Goes Keto on Instagram and on Twitter. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. All of those ways you can get in touch. There's links in, in the show notes, of course. And then, my friends, remember, go out there and do something today to amaze yourself because you are the most amazing people that I know. And then come on back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. 